CFL fans, are you ready? Because it's time for the Canadian Football Countdown on Mike FM Winnipeg. Canadian Football Countdown starts now! Hello, hello, and welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown. I'm Ryan Coop, and welcome one and all to our Week 14 CFL preview. Week 13 has come and gone, and boy, what a wild week it was, uh, especially the Saturday triple header. Uh, a great weekend of CFL football. Uh, has just passed and if you haven't already done so make sure you check out our week 13 CFL recap uh, on any of the podcast platforms uh, Mike recorded that one earlier today on Wednesday and that is out there so I recommend listening to it he did a great job on it so make sure to check that out uh, we're here to talk week 14 which unfortunately only features Three games on the schedule for this week. Uh, one of those new changes to the schedule this year where everybody gets three bye weeks, which in order to accommodate that without increasing the length of the season too terribly much, uh, they do some weeks where three teams get a bye. So there was one, I think, in week nine or week five. And, well, now we get another one here in week 14. So three games on the schedule Three teams on a bye this week, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Edmonton Eskimos, and Toronto Argonauts all getting the week off, but there's still three games and some excellent matchups this week uh, that I will go through and talk about here. Uh, no guest on the podcast for this episode this week, uh, with the Bombers off, no game preview for the Bombers, so I apologize for no guest once again this week, but uh, Bombers are back next week and we will look to get Somebody in to tee up the game with us for the next one so that it's not just me on the preview. You don't have to just listen to me talk for forever because, let's be honest, who really wants to do that? But, nonetheless, here you are listening to me right now anyways. Uh, before we get into the games from this week, there's been a couple things from the past week uh, in terms of transactions in the CFL and just experiences with the uh, triple header weekend uh, that I do want to discuss, so we'll... We'll go through that all first, but before that, uh, the Canadian Football Countdown is a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Make sure you check out all the other great CF Pod Network shows at cfpodnetwork.ca and at cfpodnetwork on Twitter. So, uh, like I said, three games on Saturday this week, three outstanding games. I love the CFL triple header. I, I, I thought it was great. I... Uh, you know, the one downside being that the Bomber game was right in the middle and it was a home game. So for those of us who traveled to the Banjo Bowl, kind of missed the second half of the Ticats-Argos game and first chunk of the Edmonton-Calgary game when I was on the way home. But nonetheless, nine straight hours of football. What more could you ever want? Uh, and we got three great games out of it to boot. As I mentioned, I made myself my way down to Investors Group Field for the Banjo Bowl on Saturday and uh, got a chance to meet some fellow members of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Uh, the Piffles Pod crew, Steve, Alex, Amy, Greg, uh, got to meet all of them at the tailgate before the game. Uh, they brought a bus full of people from Regina to take in the Banjo Bowl and 
it was great to finally meet them and uh looked like they had a great time at the game so uh, i hope you all enjoyed your trip out here and certainly they got the result they wanted with the riders win and then uh, also got a chance to meet, uh, for the second time, Joe Pritchard from the Rouge, White, and Blue podcast uh, inside the stadium. Just happened to run into him while I was walking around before the game and fly, flew in all the way from Wisconsin to take in the Banjo Bowl. And, well, we only wish, Joe, we could have provided you a winning result after you made your way all the way to Winnipeg for this game. But nonetheless... Uh, the Riders do beat the Bombers in the Banjo Bowl and sweep the home-and-home home with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the season series. Um, Bombers are on a bye week, so there's no game to talk about for them this week. But, you know, I do kind of want to touch on... Because, yes, there's no game for them this week, but I think there's certainly a bye week gives a team an opportunity to do some things to prepare them for the weeks going forward. And I think for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers right now, there's there's a couple things they can do on this bye week to fix some of the struggles they've had. You know, four straight losses coming into the bye is certainly not ideal whatsoever. It's, you know, one of the worst ways you can come into the bye week, especially off of two straight losses to your Prairie rivals. But uh, a lot has been made of the quarterback situation in Winnipeg. Matt Nichols in that banjo bowl against Saskatchewan. Uh, through some terrible interceptions. I think he threw three picks um, and then and had two more that you know were called back by penalty. And granted, perhaps penalty doesn't happen, then you know they wouldn't have intercepted in the first place. But still, not a good game for Matt Nichols. Some very questionable decisions. Two of his interceptions go for pick sixes. He gets pulled at halftime. And uh, well, it will remain to be seen coming out of the bye week for the September 21st game against Montreal, who will be the starter. I would imagine Mike O'Shea is still going to put Matt Nichols back out there, and it almost seemed that way from his post-game comments. But, y you know, I'm at the point now, based on what I've seen in recent weeks, that where I, I think it's time that you use this bye week to get, you know, you have the extra week, you get Chris Strebler installed as your starter here. He's shown flashes early in the year. He's shown flashes in the spare bits of game time he's gotten in recently. And, and I truly feel like at this point in time, as much as I love Matt Nichols and I love what he did to turn this team around over the last couple of years, Chris Strebler, as of right now, is the quarterback on this team that gives this team the best chance to win football games. And, you know, with in a tight West division race and, with the crossover spot not being a guarantee, and I'll get into that in a little bit, you know, the Bombers need to get back into the winning ways here very quickly. And and I think at this point, Matt Nichols' confidence has taken a hit. He's trying to do too much to try to be the hero now to regain that, I think. And it's just causing bad decisions and throwing passes he shouldn't be and not taking sacks when he should. And, and right now, I, I just... I think it's Chris Strebler time in Winnipeg. And with the bye week for the Bombers, that is the perfect opportunity to go and install that. One, one or two other things I do in the bye weeks, look at upgrading the wide receiving core. You know, sure, Matt Nichols has, has had his struggles, but to be fair, you know, the talent at wide receiver, especially with Weston Dressler out, there's been a lot of dropped passes, a lot of plays that haven't been made by the wide receivers when they needed to be, you know, it's part quarterback, part the wide receiving core uh, when you think about that. So I, I, 
I think there's a couple options out there that they could should look to bringing in. Uh, you know, the one I bring up anytime anybody needs help at wide receivers, Bakari Grant. Like, how the flip is this guy not signed already? Thousand-yard receiver last year, you know, was one of the top receivers in the CFL. He's not that old. Um, I'm appalled, especially, you know, seeing other guys that have been brought back into uh, by teams, Chad Owens, Markway McDaniel this week. I'll get into those in a bit, too. But I'm kind of appalled that, frankly, that uh, Bakari Grant hasn't been signed yet. And frankly, I think the Bombers could use a guy like Grant. And uh, another one, you know, I would maybe consider is Kevin Elliott out of BC. He was, uh, he was just released today after they brought in Devere Posey. And uh, I, I think in the, addi- the addition of guys like Bakari Grant and Kevin Elliott are only going to help you out on offense for the Bombers, who early in the year had a very dynamic offense, but in recent weeks it has stalled big time and Couple that with, you know, some struggle, continued struggles on the defense that for the most part has led to uh, four straight losses for the Bombers. So I'm interested to see if they do anything, you know, before their next game against Montreal. I won't be surprised if they don't, but I think there's definitely a couple of small changes here that the Bombers could make uh, to get them back on the winning ways going forward. As I mentioned, uh, Mark Way McDaniel and Chad Owens in Hamilton, uh, both signed this week uh, with, you know, with the loss of Chris Williams a couple of weeks ago. Jalen Saunders out for the rest of the season here. Uh, it's really been the Brandon Banks and Luke Tasker show in Hamilton. Uh, granted, it's been the Brandon Banks show ever since about the midway point of last year, I think. You know, in the last, like, 18 games he's played, I think he's put up something like close to 2,000 yards, which is ridiculous, but uh, I think definitely it's been the Brandon Banks, been the Luke Tasker show, and they've both been producing, but the question is how long can you go with just this one-two punch at wide receiver? So the Ticats bring in a couple guys uh, for help here. I love the addition of Markway McDaniel. You know, you now have in Hamilton two excellent options for a, uh, if you need a key second down conversion, You've got Luke Tasker, who's always been that guy there, and Markway McDaniel was was one of those guys for Calgary, where you always you could always tell on a second down, you know, if they needed a key second down, it was probably going to Markway McDaniel, and uh, so that's two great options for Jeremiah Mazzoli there. I love that addition for them. I think he still can be a great receiver. Um, I'm kind of surprised, like I said with Bakari Grant, that Markway McDaniel. Uh, went this long without being, you know, on a roster. But nonetheless, he is back, uh, and he is with the Ticats, who he played with for a couple of years back in the day before going to Calgary. The other guy Hamilton brings in is Chad Owens, who was released by the Riders before this season started. And people remember Chad Owens is a very dynamic, uh, explosive wide receiver and kick returner in his time throughout Toronto, and he spent some time in Hamilton as well, and. Went to Saskatchewan, really didn't get into the lineup very much due to injury troubles. And boy, it sucks to see because Chad Owens just can't shake the injury bug right now. I mean, he comes to Hamilton, I think on Monday morning or Tuesday morning, gets into his first practice with the team as he was signed to the practice roster and sprains his ankle or rolls his ankle, something like that, in his very first practice after signing on with the team and just comes and signs on with the team, and now he's back injured again. I mean, dude can't catch a break. Uh, It sucks to see, 
because uh, I still love Chad Owens. I think he's a great player, but the injury bug has taken the toll on him, and we'll see how long that lasts, and we'll see if you know he can get back into Hamilton's lineup here. But a couple of interesting additions for the Ticats is they they look to be you know after another win this past week over Toronto, they're tied with Ottawa for first in the West Division, uh, or sorry, the East Division right now, and uh, frankly. You know, Hamilton looks like they're on the they're on the way to uh, running away with the East Division with, you know, sloppy play by Ottawa lately and the very solid play by the Ticats on all sides of the ball. As I mentioned, Kevin Elliott is out of BC uh, because Devere Posey was officially brought in this week. Uh, there was rumblings of it last week already. Uh, former Toronto Argonaut, the MO, MVP of the 2017 Grey Cup, uh, went to the NFL in the offseason, got a tryout with the Baltimore Ravens, and got some preseason action there, but was cut by the Ravens, decided to make his way back to the CFL, and he signs on with the BC Lions. And uh, I like this fit for Dear Posey, and I like this fit for BC. They've got Manny Arsenault, who will be out the rest of the season due to injury uh, as kind of this big... You know, the big play guy for the Lions, him and Brian Burnham have, for the last number of years together, been the two big play guys. And that's what DeVere Posey can bring to this team. You know, he comes in as a solid option at wide receiver. Uh, and I like what they've got there in BC with Posey, Burnham. Uh, Ricky Collins is coming onto the scene very well this year. Uh, he, If you've listened to the podcast all season long, you know I'm a big fan of Shaq Johnson. Um, so I, I think there's definitely... Some solid options at wide receiver for BC, and and I I think Devere Posey's going to fit in great there, and I think he's going to start making a quick impact, uh, a real quick here for the Lions. Standings update coming into Week 14 in the CFL. Uh, we've got the uh, let's start with the East Division. As I mentioned, you've got Ottawa and Hamilton both at six and five. Uh, right now, Ottawa has the tiebreaker because I believe they have the season series or throwback to that wild uh, game where Lewis Ward kicked seven field goals and they won, I think it was 21-14 or something like that, um, in a game that featured basically just field goals. So Ottawa has season series right now, so they still sit first in the East, but they've lost two straight, Hamilton's won three straight, so six and five for both of them. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes are in third place in the East Division, with a three and eight record, uh, Toronto's at three and eight as well. Um, again, Montreal uh, is in the lead in the season series, I believe. There, I know they picked up the win over Toronto uh, a couple weeks ago. So uh, Montreal moves up into third, uh, or stays in third, I guess. With Toronto falling down with another loss to Ticats this week, so. Two teams at six and five, two at three and eight, and the East Division's uh, looking a little interesting now. And I'm going to get into some of the playoff scenarios and the standing scenarios, uh, the implications of games coming up this week uh, in a little bit of time here. And uh, boy, don't look, don't look now, but the Montreal Alouettes uh, have a shot at making the playoffs here. Who would have thought that a couple weeks ago? In the West Division. Calgary loses to Edmonton this past week, so now they're at a 9-2 record. Saskatchewan improves to 7-4. Edmonton improves to 7-5. Boy, Saskatchewan's won four straight, and their priority rivals 
Uh, the Bombers are looking the exact opposite. Four straight losses has them at 5-7 and seven after a 5-3 and three start. And the BC Lions picking up a win to stay, you know, in contention for that fourth spot in the West and potentially a crossover here with a 4-6 and six record after beating Ottawa this past week. Getting into the games for week 14, uh, typically at this point I'd go through the keys of the game for each of these games, but, you know, I've from doing this show, uh, especially by myself over the last couple of weeks, I've come to realize it's, uh, you know, the, the keys of the game seem to be very repetitive every single week. Uh, it's a matter of, you know, how many times do you want me to come out and say that, uh, you got to get the run game going. Ottawa's got to find consistency on offense. You know, the Bombers need to get their passing game sorted out. Like, I could say the same thing every single week uh, in terms of keys of the game. So, I decided we're going to scratch that here. But, we are getting to the point in the season uh, in week 14, in the 21-week season, where we're getting closer to playoff time. So, I've, you know, I've gone through, I've looked at the standings, looked at this week's game, come up with some of the interesting playoff and standing scenarios that could come out of some of the results this week so we start off with the friday night game bc in montreal facing the alouettes bc comes off the win against ottawa and montreal is coming off a bye on a two-game win streak here and this is a crucial game for both of these teams because uh you know montreal started climbing up the east division standings bc's trying to stay in things in the west here and uh, frankly, you know, a win for BC would put them tied with the Bombers with a game in hand. Uh, so they win that game in hand, and all of a sudden you have BC at fourth in the West with Winnipeg falling to last. And for Montreal, another win here. Frankly, the very interesting playoff scenario that I came up with today is you look at not just this week, but the week after as well for the Alouettes. If, uh, if Montreal beats BC this week, they face the Bombers next week. If they win that one too, the Alouettes would officially be in the third and final playoff spot in the East Division with a 5-8 and eight record at the end of Week 15. Yes, that would of course mean no crossover as it stands after Week 15 in this scenario. That as uh, the Alouettes and the Bombers would both be 5-8, and eight. Uh, BC would potentially be 4-8 or 5-7, uh, or but... You got to beat the team in the other division. You can't just tie them in order to claim the crossover spot. So Montreal, all of a sudden, you know, they rally off two more wins here. And frankly, the way they're playing lately with Antonio Pipkin at quarterback, who looks like he will get the start again this week, as he should. Um, if they get on a little bit of a roll here, they could very easily claim themselves a playoff spot especially with the Argos, uh, it looks like, struggling once again. You know, they've lost three straight. They are on a bye this week. But um, if Montreal can uh, can all of a sudden come back from their disastrous start to the year to claim the final playoff spot in the East and block out the crossover after everybody's said all along that, you know, the West Division is so much better, people have been guaranteeing a crossover, Montre don't don't count Montreal out here, folks. And uh, frankly, you know, I'm one who loves to make bold predictions. And I think I made this one to Mike a couple weeks ago. And I made this, or maybe it was after this last win for Montreal. Maybe after the one before. Anyways, I've been in love with the play of Antonio Pipkin. 
And I will go out and claim this. I think we have Montreal, who's trending upwards right now and has a real shot here with the next couple of games to continue to do so. And we have the Ottawa Red Blacks, uh, who are trending downwards two straight losses, and they haven't looked great in either one. One of those came at the hands of the Alouettes. I think Hamilton runs away with the East Division here. And don't count this out, folks. I think there's a shot the Montreal Alouettes host a home playoff game in 2018 if they can find a way to rally off some wins here and pass the Ottawa Red Blacks, which, of course, would require Ottawa to have a couple games, you know, go south here. But, hey, that's the CFL. Don't rule anything out. You never know what's going to happen. For the Lions, as I mentioned, kind of a crucial game here because uh, it would pull them with a game. And, you know, they have these games in hand on Winnipeg and, and technically on the Eskimos and the Riders as well. But it looks like those three teams, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, Calgary, are starting to run away with the West Division a little bit here. But uh, BC's got games in hand. They gotta win those games in order to get themselves back into playoff contention here. Uh, should be an interesting game between BC and Montreal. BC on the road has struggled uh, all season. You know they're four and one at home, but zero and five on the road. Uh, then again, Montreal is one and four at home. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if that plays into things here at all. But uh, in terms of picks in this game. Both Mike and I are actually going with the Alouettes. I I love Antonio Pipkin. I think he brings a new fire to the Alouettes. I think their defense uh, has picked up their play greatly in recent weeks, uh, and I've been very impressed with that. And uh, BC's shown this year they just can't get it done on the road. And it looks like Travis Lule, despite getting injured this past week, will be in the lineup again. But at the same time... Uh, you know, how 100% healthy is he uh, if he does play? And uh, at the end of the day, BC on the road, I, I don't like their chances there. And I'm I'm hyped up on the Alouettes. I'm on the Alouettes train full force as of this point in the CFL season. So picking Montreal to beat BC this week, and boy, is that going to make things interesting in the standings. The next game has the... Uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats hosting the Calgary Stampeders, and uh, I'm excited for this matchup. I, I think this is a game that features two of the top defenses in the CFL. You know, Calgary has had a dominant defense all season long, although in the last couple of games uh, against Edmonton, you know, just look at this past week against Edmonton where Mike Riley put up six touchdowns three through the air and three on the ground and what was a total barn burner in a shootout, if you want to call it that, uh, with the Eskimos on the Labor Day rematch. But Calgary has had a dominant defense all year, but, you know, maybe they're coming back down to earth a little bit here. And then on the other side, you got a Ticats defense that I just can't get enough of the pass defense from the Ticats. They had a great game again this past week against the Argos, uh, I really think, you know, this past defense, this, this is a hard team to pass against. And Bo Levi Mitchell has twice this season, you know, set a career high on passing yards. He had almost 500 this past week against against uh, Cal or Edmonton, sorry. And I want to see what he can do against this Hamilton defense because I think they do have arguably one of, if not the best pass defenses in the CFL. And 
And, and frankly, on the other side of the ball, we got two of the best offenses in the league. Hamilton's been rolling on all cylinders lately. The passing game, Jeremiah Mazzoli is starting to find the end zone again. And uh, Alex Green can't be stopped either. So on that side, you have, an, you have a high-powered offense. Calgary has one in their own right. I mean, believe I Mitchell had a heck of a game this week. Um, Romar Morris put up four touchdowns, making my fantasy team very happy, as I'll get into later in our fantasy fix. But uh, should be a clash of two great offenses, two great defenses in this game. Standing scenarios, a win here for Hamilton combined with an Ottawa loss would put Hamilton at first place in the East Division, which they have not been at in uh, in a bit of time here. Uh, so, you know, a big game here for Hamilton to try to move ahead of Ottawa in the East Division standings. But uh, out West, it gets interesting here if Calgary loses this game because a Calgary loss uh, coupled with a Saskatchewan win over Ottawa would uh, would put Edmund, would put Saskatchewan only one win behind the Calgary Stampeders for first place in the West Division, which go back to when they started the season 7-0, and I think we all thought that would be unfathomable, especially given that, you know, four weeks ago, Saskatchewan was at a 3-4 and record. But uh, some great play by the Riders recently. Uh, the Stampeders have, you know, fallen back a little bit here, and now we're at a situation where you know, maybe maybe first place in the division is not an absolute lock for the Stampeders after all. You know, they're still going to win. They're still going to make the playoffs, I should say. Um, and, and probably at, probably first, if not second, in the division. Although Edmonton's at seven wins as well. But, uh, you know, big game for Calgary here to get back on track after a very narrow loss to Edmonton last week, which you know they're not happy with. In terms of picking this game, I'm going with Calgary. Mike's going with Calgary. I mean, let's be real, Calgary after a loss. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell's, I think, only lost two straight games once in his career, which was, if I'm correct, at the end of the season last year uh, when they lost a couple games in a row there. You have to think Calgary's going to bounce back. You have to think their defense isn't going to be satisfied with giving up uh, as many points as they did and as many touchdowns as they did. And frankly, you have to think they're not going to give up seven turnovers again like they did this past week against Edmonton because that was just absurd. But saying all of these things, I do also want to stress here that I think it's a very winnable game for Hamilton. I think Hamilton, as of right now, you know they, they have one of the highest-powered offenses in the league. They seem to be on a roll. I think their pass defense can definitely shut down Bowie by Mitchell here. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Hamilton win this game, especially given that it's in Hamilton. You know it's going to be loud there as they're looking to, you know, like I said, go up to first place in the East Division. Um, I, I think this is going to be game of the week right here, Calgary-Hamilton. I think we're going to get a showdown, and uh, we'll see. We had the Battle of... You know, the two elite quarterbacks in the CFL, Bo Levi Mitchell and Mike Riley, this past week, and it was an absolute gun show. We'll see what Jeremiah Mazzoli can do here to make a statement against Bo Levi Mitchell to say, hey, you should throw me in that category as well. Very much looking forward to this game between Calgary and Hamilton. 
And the final game of the week as the Ottawa Red Blacks facing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And seems to be two teams trending in opposite directions here, but I think they also there are two teams that seem to have a bit of a common problem right now, and that's inconsistency on offense. Uh, you've got Saskatchewan at seven and four with on a four-game win streak. Ottawa at six and five on a two-game losing streak coming into this one. And I stress offensive inconsistency, but uh, because well, frankly, the Riders haven't had a consistent offense or very much of any offense all season long. It's been their defense that has been phenomenal. But for Ottawa, you know, so many high-powered pieces on offense. You've got Craig Ellingson, Brad Sinopoli, Deontay Spencer, who, you know, it seems to be a boomer bust guy, but could definitely break a game open. William Powell, one of the top running backs in the league. And Trevor Harris, who, when he's on his game, you know, can be one of the best quarterbacks in the CFL. But as a cohesive unit, they just haven't been on their games lately. And now this comes into a crucial matchup where... They face one of the best defenses in the CFL. Uh, and frankly, at this point in the year, you know, I've hyped up Calgary's defense week after week after week. I'm ready to consider the Riders as the top defense in the CFL because this defense is single-handedly carrying their team to victory. Four straight wins, and the defenses and the special teams have really been the biggest contributors to all of that. The offense really hasn't gotten much going. The defense is almost scoring more touchdowns this year than the offense is. They had two pick sixes against the Bombers this past week. Brett Lauder, uh, the kicker in Saskatchewan, has been absolutely on fire. Uh, the rookie, I should say, by the way. And, and the return game has been very strong for the Riders as well. You know, they've had offensive inconsistency, but that defense is so strong. Ottawa's, if they've got confidence issues on offense right now, this is not a great matchup for them because the Riders' defense is going to eat them alive as they have basically every team they've faced in recent weeks and all season long. So you look at the you look at the standings implications of this game. Uh, Ottawa, if they can pull out the win here, would get back on track and they would still sit first place in the East Division. They'd have a seven and five record and. Saskatchewan with the loss then would fall to 7-5 and five and be tied with the Eskimos who were on a bye. But as I mentioned, if the Riders win this game, depending on what happens with Calgary, they could be one win away from first place in the West Division. And the season series right now uh, is tied between Calgary and Saskatchewan after the Riders you know, gave them their first loss of the season. So we could have a battle here. Uh, and they could be strong contenders out west, which, you know, I'll, I'll full disclosure before the season, I had them finishing fifth place in the West Division. I didn't think Saskatchewan was going to be this good this year, and uh, I'm just amazed that they've been able to get this done the way they have with uh, with very little offensive production. And uh, I, I'm astounded at what the defense has been able to do, but. It's a Chris Jones team. Let's be real here. It's Chris Jones team. And what does Chris Jones do? He builds outstanding defenses that win championships. So we'll see here if they can continue that on defense in Saskatchewan. And based on, you know, the, the talk I've just had here, I think it's kind of shown a bit of insight into who my pick is in this game. Uh, I'm taking the Riders. So is Mike. Uh, I really think that they're the better team right now. 
Uh, Ottawa's got to sort out their issues on offense. You know, they're not scoring points. They seem to be turning the ball over. Um, and against Saskatchewan, you absolutely can't do that because they'll make you pay for it. Uh, this defense gets it done again this week for Saskatchewan, I think. So I will take the Riders to win this game as well. It's time to get into our Week 14 Fantasy Fix here on the Canadian Football Countdown. Uh, before we talk about the games this week and the players that intrigue me in terms of fantasy options, uh, looking back at Week 13, yes, it was in fact my best week of the season. 137 points uh, on the week, uh, an incredible incredible week, and really for a lot of people, a high-scoring week. I mean, that game against between Calgary and Edmonton was just a feast of fantasy points, and so were some of the Ticats this week, and so were some of the options in that BC game. So a high-scoring week in general, uh, my highest-scoring week of the year. Uh, it started off a little bit dicey with, you know, I had Travis Lule at quarterback. He went down early in the game, but still put up 8.5 fantasy points, and Frankly, it was made up for by an outstanding play by the BC defense, who put up 15 fantasy points uh, for $3,200. I'm very happy with that output for BC on defense this past week. Uh, at the running back position, uh, Alex Green continued to produce. Had a very quiet first half, but came alive a little bit late in the game and picked up a touchdown and some yards through the air and finished with 19.4 fantasy points. And then, uh, boy, who saw this coming? Romar Morris, seven carries, 95 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. Five catches, 62 yards, and two touchdowns through the air. 44.7 fantasy points by my calculations, and uh, they might be slightly off. That is the second highest fantasy performance of all time behind the guy he played against this past week. The quarterback for the Edmonton Eskimos, Mike Riley. But an insane performance by Romar Morris uh, for, you know, I think he was something like $3,400 this week. He put up more than a point per $1,000. An incredible game by Mr. Morris. At wide receiver, Luke Tasker and DeVars Daniels producing very nicely as expected uh, with the injuries to Kamar Jordan and Jalen Saunders. Uh, you know, these guys with their respective teams getting some more reps here, some more targets, and pitching in some nice fantasy points as well. 24.4 for Luke Tasker, 21.6 for DeVaris Daniels. The one down play of the week was my flex position with Naaman Roosevelt, who, frankly, just from hearing the announcer at the Banjo Bowl constantly saying uh, the intended receiver, Naaman Roosevelt, uh, it seemed like he got a decent number of targets, but uh, they were either incomplete or they were dropped and uh, only finished with two catches for 14 yards, which only gave him 3.4 fantasy points on the week. So not a great performance for Mr. Roosevelt. Getting into week 14, again, only three games on the schedule this week, so that makes things perhaps a little more interesting uh, because, well, there's less options to pick. Uh, to fill out your lineup this week. But uh, let's start at the quarterback position, and you would have the most expensive quarterback this week being Jeremiah Mazzoli at uh, 11659 uh, dollars going up against Calgary's defense. And 
I don't know. All season long, I've avoided going against Calgary's defense with a lot of my picks because they've been the most dominant defense in the CFL, but look what happened to them this past week. I think they've shown some cracks in recent weeks, and you've got Mazzoli, who has been one of the best quarterbacks in the CFL this season. You know, maybe you take a chance there, but the price tag is a little high for me given that, you know, Calgary could easily have a very strong bounce back week here. Next highest price guy is Bo Levi Mitchell at 9,919. And again, kind of the same thing. You know, he's been on fire lately, but he also faces a strong Hamilton pass defense. So I'm not too confident in taking Bo Levi Mitchell this week. Uh, and the exact same thing with the next guy on the list, Trevor Harris at $8,161. You know, he's he, he's had issues lately, Trevor Harris has. There's been no doubt about that. Uh, struggled a lot uh, in the last couple of games and, and has really just been inconsistent throughout the whole season and facing a Riders defense that likes to force turnovers uh, and is going to cause problems and shut things down. Frankly, I'm not too terribly... I, I'm not looking into Trevor Harris at all this week at quarterback. Then you get into the cheaper options, the more, you know, the value plays... Um, Antonio Pipkin's salary is rising. He is the fourth most expensive guy this week uh, at 6721 but I still love me some Antonio Pipkin. I'm very high on this guy. I, you know, he gets stuff done not only through the air, but with his legs, and, and that's a big production when it comes to fantasy points. You know, the past two games he's played, he's put up, uh, or the past three games, he's put up at least eight points on the ground on top of what he's put up through the air. So uh, I love Antonio Pipkin. Uh, I'll consider putting him in my lineup this week as well. We've got Travis Lule, who looks like he's going to be healthy, going up against that Montreal defense, um, which has turned a corner lately. I don't think you can necessarily pick on Montreal's defense as much as you did in the, in the past because I think they've started to play a little bit better. Uh, Rich Stubler has turned that defense around a little bit here. And, you know, Lule's coming off an injury here. Lule hasn't exactly jumped out on the stats sheet in terms of fantasy points yet this year very much. So, uh, yes, he's a value play. Is he a value play I'm worth? I'm thinking of taking a shot on this week. I don't know. It's hard to know what you're going to take, uh, what to expect out of the Alouette's defense that he's facing. And then uh, the final starting quarterback for the week looks like it's going to be Zach Caleros uh, against the Red Blacks. But then again, he did leave the game, and Brandon Bridge did finish up the game against Winnipeg this past week. So monitor that. It looks like Caleros has been cleared, and it looks like he uh, he it says here he could play on Saturday. But uh, even if he does, whether it's Caleros, whether it's Bridge, I don't like either option. The Saskatchewan offense, frankly, just doesn't get it done. They don't put up fantasy points. They don't put up touchdowns. Um, I would stay from either of those this week. Looking at the running back position, a uh, couple things that remain to be seen in terms of who's getting the start in some of these places. Uh, you've got the Calgary running backs going up against Hamilton's defense, who, as good as they are against the pass, Hamilton has struggled against the run for large portions of the season. And Romar Morris, like I mentioned, is coming off that 44-point week. Uh, he's at $4,615, but it remains to be seen. Will Don Jackson get back into the lineup this week after he was scratched 
for the game against Edmonton. Uh, so stay tuned. To, uh, again, on all of this, make sure you check out the depth charts, folks, because the last thing you want to do is put in a guy in your lineup, find out he's not playing, end up getting zero points for it. That that That's that's a loss on the week. So, uh, you know, Don Jackson at $6,517. Morris at 4615 You got Terry Williams at 3779 but I don't think Williams really gets a lot of... Williams doesn't really get a lot of noise in that Calgary offense. So I think Morris or Jackson, depending who's playing, is a great option this week. Um, I talked about Alex Green, how he continued to uh, continued to find the end zone this past week with a touchdown through the air. 19.4 fantasy points. He's going up against Calgary's defense. Do I think he's going to produce uh, the same amount as he just did? I think it might drop off a little bit in that a $9,336 salary. Maybe I'm a little bit skeptical of putting a guy like Alex Green in, but, you know, the numbers don't lie. He's been effective every week, and uh, if, you know, Hamilton puts up a touchdown, quite often there's a decent chance it's going to come at the hands of Mr. Alex Green. And another one I would watch if you're looking for a value play here for the Alouettes is uh, who's starting at running back for them. You've got William Stanback, who didn't play last game uh, due to injury. He's at $4,000. Uh, and then you got have the guy who did play in Ryder Stone, who's at 2500 I tried looking on Twitter. I tried looking through, you know, some of the reports from practice this week. Haven't heard anything at this point on Wednesday about the running back situation for the Alouettes. So again, Make sure to check out that depth chart before the game Friday night. And uh, if you, you know, this might be the week to get some good value plays at running back, especially if Romar Morris is starting and uh, and Ryder Stone are starting. You could spend, you know, you could get away with only spending seven thousand dollars on two solid running back options. At wide receiver, Brandon Banks is now past the ten thousand dollar mark. That's uh, that's a shocker, not really. I mean, he put up 33 fantasy points this week, 34.5 the week before. He had a down week a couple weeks ago, but then put up three straight over 20 the week before that. I, uh, Brandon Banks, like I said earlier in the episode, him and Luke Tasker seem to be the two guys that are the go-tos in Hamilton right now. I know they brought these other guys in. Uh, Markway may play this week. I'm not 100% sure on that as of right now when I checked. He's not available in CFL Fantasy, but uh, yeah, that remains to be seen. I don't know if he would play this week. Uh, I'm guessing no at this point. Uh, and Chad Owens, like I mentioned, rolled his ankle or whatever in practice. So uh, it looks like it's going to be the Banks and the Tasker show again this week. And no great options. Again, facing a Calgary defense that's pretty strong, but uh, that offense for Hamilton is very strong in its own right. Um, you look at Banks, I would say at this point he's probably a little too expensive for me. Uh, I like the cheaper option of Luke Tasker at 7661 He uh, He consistently is a target for Jeremiah Mazzoli. He puts up you know those second down conversions. He puts up the touchdowns. And uh, I like Luke Tasker, as do I do with DeVaris Daniels, who I just kind of talked about. Uh, you know, these two guys together, they fit great into my lineup. They got me a lot of points last week. I may consider going straight back to them, but they face tough defensive matchups this week. It looks like DeVaris Daniels could be lining up against Delvin Bro, who has been known to shut down wide receivers pretty well this season. 
So uh, I'm, I'm debating it. I, if I had to pick between the two right now, probably Luke Tasker. I would, uh, I would think of as a better option than Navaris Daniels, especially with a couple of cheaper options, perhaps, uh, if you want a Calgary wide receiver in your lineup. Uh, you look at options, uh, you look at kind of some of the more middle-tier options. you got Greg Ellingson going up against Saskatchewan, who uh, Greg Ellingson did have a couple strong weeks in Oero, but had a bit of a down week this past week against BC. Um, Brian Burnham, you know, is the number one target for Travis Lue, and in four of the past five weeks, he's put up over 14 points, solid weeks by Brian Burnham. Uh, although, you know, if you're looking for an interesting value play this week, uh, or close to a value play, I should say, $3,835 gets you Devere Posey coming out of the NFL, coming on after a stint with the Ravens there, didn't make the team there. He comes into BC, his first game with the team. It looks like he'll be starting as uh, Kevin Elliott has been released, so it looks like Posey will be in the lineup this week. It's an intriguing option, but I don't know how Posey's going to fit into this BC offense yet. I, at this point, I'm likely staying away until I at least see one game from Posey. Other middle options that are intriguing, BJ Cunningham's go-to receiver for the Montreal Alouettes and seems to have a bit of a connection here with Antonio Pipkin because he's put up over 13 points in the last three games, which Pipkin all started. Um, and he is the go-to guy in Montreal at $5,111. I think that's a great option, as is Ricky Collins for the Lions, who has continues to rise and put up more and more points for the Lions, and he's really become a prominent role in that offense, especially with the injury to Manny Arsenault. Uh, in terms of cheaper options, Reggie Bagleton seems to be have more of a role in Calgary's offense, filling in for Kamar Jordan. He had his best game ever uh, this past week, putting up 22.3 fantasy points, seven catches for 153 yards. He comes in just over $3,500. Like Reggie Bagleton, uh, again, faces a tough Hamilton matchup, but is an option there as well. Getting into defenses here, uh, talking about the defenses, as I mentioned, BC last week put up uh, a solid 19 points, I think it was, with, despite only costing $3,200. It's Saskatchewan's defense put up 25 against the Bombers. So there's been some big defensive weeks uh, from some of these teams. Uh, the Riders come in most expensive by a, over $1,400, uh, $6,554 for the Riders' defense. You got Calgary at 46.29, Ottawa at 36.40, Hamilton at 32.72, then Montreal and BC at 3,200. I may sound like a broken record when I say this, but uh, if you can afford them, put the Riders' defense in your lineup. Two of the last four weeks, they've put up 25 points, which if you get 25 points from your defense, given that A, a lot of people don't pick a defense, and B, defenses don't often put up a lot of points. You're pretty well on the track to have one of the better weeks, assuming the rest of your lineup doesn't suck. But uh, so if you can find room to put them in, put in the Riders' defense, especially against an Ottawa offense that's struggled, and BC put up something like 19 points against them last week. Uh, Calgary and Hamilton, uh, you know, Hamilton's defense is intriguing at 3,272 because 
Well, they're facing Calgary, who put up seven or turned the ball over seven times last week. But Hamilton really hasn't jumped out on the fantasy stat page defensively. Uh, besides that blowout win over Montreal earlier this year, you know, yes, they, yes, they shut teams down, but they don't necessarily force the turnovers, uh, or pile up the sacks. You've also got Ottawa's defense facing Saskatchewan and, uh, and Saskatchewan's offense, you know, never gets anything going, uh, in terms of scoring touchdowns. They don't put up a lot of points. Their defense scores the most of their points. So maybe that's a good option there at 36-40. Then you got the two low options, the Montreal Alouettes and the BC Lions. And I think these are both intriguing. I love BC's defense, uh, which is why I picked them last week. And they had that, or sorry, 15 points. I've been saying 19 the whole time. Put up 15 fantasy points last week. And I think the Alouettes have also improved uh, defensively in recent weeks as well. So, uh, if I had to right now, you know, look at options of who I'm going to pick on defense, I'd love to try to get the Riders defense in there. If not, I like Ottawa at 36-40. I like BC, but if I'm going with Antonio Pipkin as my quarterback, it doesn't make sense to pick the quarterback and then the defense facing them because the, the interceptions just basically cancel themselves out at that point. Uh, so, you know, that plays into things as, a little as well in terms of picking a defense. Well, that does it for the Week 14 Fantasy Fix, and that does it with our Week 14 CFL Preview. Uh, Again, if you haven't already done so, go back on the podcast feeds, check out our Week 13 recap that my usual co-host, Michael Garrell, did uh, earlier today. Uh, Make sure you go and listen to that. And then uh, looking ahead to next week, uh, look forward to... Mike will have the Week 14 recap, and I believe uh, he will have a uh, co-host helping him out with that one, which I'll let him name at the start of that show. Uh, So stay tuned for that next week, Mike and our fill-in co-host, likely. Uh, And then I will be back once again with the Week 15 preview, and I will try really hard to get a guest for that one. So you don't listen to me talk for 50 minutes, as roughly we're at right now. Oh boy. Um, I hope you're not tired of my voice by now. If so, you probably wouldn't still be listening at this point. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, at CFC on Mike FM. Stay up to date on all of our, uh, all of our scheduling announcements, football talk, all of that fun stuff you can find on both of those. And, uh, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn, make sure you like, subscribe. Uh, leave a review, comment, whatever you do on each of those platforms. Uh, if you can help us promote the show, share it on social media, uh, that would be greatly appreciated so we can get this show out to the ears of more people. Well, that does it for today. Uh, before I go, I just wanted to mention once again, Canadian Football Countdown is a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Check out all the other great CF Pod Network shows on Twitter at CF Pod Network and at cfpodnetwork.ca. This has been our Week 14 preview. I'm Ryan Coop saying thank you for listening to the Canadian Football Countdown. Hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you enjoy. While it's only three games this week, I hope you enjoy them and have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we will talk to you again next week. Thanks. Bye.